from the ESPN 690 and Atari Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. Yeah, it's just, I think it just goes to show um, if you don't come out and ready to play and you don't play well, this can happen to anybody any week. You know, it doesn't matter who you're playing. You just gotta, you gotta play well, and, and we did it. So I think that's the, it's not, you know, it's not concerning, obviously. For, for me, it's not. Um, I just, because I'm in that locker room, I'm, you know, with all those guys and see how hard we work and how we prepare. And I know probably from the outside looking in, it might be, but it's, it's not concerning. It's just we played like crap today, and that's gonna happen every now and then. And, uh, but can't let this happen again for sure. I mean, the guy gets it. Trevor has a good pulse of kind of what this place has been. He's like, I understand. And when he says, like, I understand what you guys are thinking out there, I think this he does such a good job of talking to everybody. He's mm -hmm. like, listen, I got to keep things together in here. That was embarrassing. We played like crap. We're just being honest about it. Um, but it's not going to be an every week thing. Trust me, people out there, it's not going to be an every week thing, you know? I think he just has this great balance of feeling what everybody out here in Jacksonville kind of has been through for a long time and uh, believing in the players and knowing that they're all looking at him internally anyway, you know? I mean, he tried like a son of a gun, man, to, to take the blame for the for the interception with Tavon Austin. Yeah. Like he, he did all he could do to not throw Tavon Austin under the bus. But I think it was pretty obvious in real time when his reaction and then the conversation on the sideline that Tavon Austin ran the wrong route or what they always say, and this is why I've learned a little bit about football over the years, is hit the wrong landmark. You yeah. know, you got to run to a certain spot and expect the ball to be there, and he didn't do it. I mean, it, I, I don't think that was on uh, Trevor, um, but he did a good job of not saying – you know that he talked more about communication and things like that so he was trying really hard I, I trevor lawrence says a lot of the right things he's going to do a lot of great things there's no i i have not changed on that at all like there's nothing that shows me that oh my goodness you know even this performance which i didn't think was very good i think that's just part of being a rookie sometimes going against a veteran coach and a couple of veteran players on that other side of the ball really more than a couple you have some good players on that other side in a game that just went sideways on, on you and i will say this he is right one this happens sometimes in the NFL. It does. The problem in Jacksonville is we've seen it quite a bit, and it's a constant theme when they go out west. Like, they hardly show up. Ownership changes. GMs change. Coaches change. Players change. Heck, airlines change. Okay. And they still mm -hmm. cannot play well out west for whatever reason. Uh, and it, it, that's a constant theme. And the Jags, one, a couple of times over these miserable years, have looked like this. Uh, heck, I can go back to the Tampa Bay Bucks last year. I forget which game it was, but they got absolutely the doors blown off them with Tom Brady. Everybody's questioning what's going on. If you go back to some of the Patriots Super Bowl years, they would go play Kansas City or something early in the year. Remember the offensive line was brutal. Like I was like, oh, this is the end of the the dynasty. This is the end yeah. of the era. You know, I mean, teams do get beat and and look really bad sometimes. So that is a thing. It just seems to happen a heck of a lot more here in Jacksonville. And then that's exactly the point where he's like, you know, we can't have this happen again well we saw it happen against houston we saw it happen in the second half against cincinnati we saw it happen against tennessee in the second half like we, we've seen this narrative and this story way too much and this is the league of parody now yes the detroit lions haven't won a game yet and i'm sure their fans are probably pretty bummed because the philadelphia eagles well they're probably not the best 
I'm mean, careful I say this now, but not the best team yeah. in the league. Yeah. They're all right. Yeah. More wins than the Jaguars. Right? What are they at? Two? Three. Three now. Oh, oh yeah. Gosh. Hey, it's a landslide. Did yeah. you concede that bet? You good? No, you I'm not conceding that, that bet. You're not gonna, I wouldn't. You're I would not going to concede, well, don't you're concede, not concede it. it. I'm conceding that bet. They have to, to play the New York Giants again. Jags, Jags are going to win five games this year. Oh, okay. So. Don't just, quit. Just concede. I'm not. Sir, just concede. Anyways. I wish we played the Lions around here. No, <laughs> just concede your bet. But anyways, yeah, so obviously Detroit fans right now, they're, they're up in arms as they should be because they're a product on the field that's not looking good. But, and maybe I'm wrong here, it seems like, what, I don't know, three or four years ago, they were in the playoffs talking about, you know, Matthew Stafford and how good, like, you know, how well they're coming along. Now, Jacksonville had 2017, you go to the AFC Championship game, but that's it. Like, I can't stress this enough, and like you mentioned this uh, during the break, it feels like Groundhog's Day, and it really is Groundhog's Day because I say the same thing over and over again to try to console fans and try to say, hey, we see you guys out there and, and we're suffering with you. But it's not supposed to be like this, okay? It's, it's not supposed to be where it's loss after loss and it's not even close. This is a parody-driven league, and, and what we see time and time again, it seems like, is just the outlier. And the problem with that is, okay, it's one thing if you have one season where you're the outlier. Detroit Lions this year, congratulations, you're the outlier. New York Jets last year, congratulations, you're the outlier. The Jaguars have been the outlier in this scenario for how many years now? Mm-hmm. That's well, frustrating. Yes, that is frustrating. And that's why it's frustrating. That's why the, uh, the negativity around here. I mean, it's, it's just, it gets old and to look like that. And again, what, I think it's even, I think the problem with Sunday is you want to feel like it's turning around. So coming off the Houston game, you're like, okay, but I saw some good things about Trevor Lawrence. So that helped us at least navigate a little bit of that muddy water, which was a brutal start to the year and to the Urban Meyer era and everything else. Uh, I had to th- apologize to Houston Texans Twitter. Yeah. yeah. And, and mm-hmm. you know, Houston is exactly who we thought they were too, mm-hmm. you know, and the Jags still played that poorly. Uh the, the problem I have with this one more specific is the buy-in here is Trevor Lawrence. The buy-in here is Urban Meyer knows how to win football games. Like, there's a DNA. And I, I can't go back. I've said this. Urban Meyer and Trevor Lawrence know how to win. Like, they have won. Mm. This organization, quite frankly, does not know how to win. It has not won, you know, for a long, long time. And so I thought the best part of Urban and Trevor was the DNA of they won't allow you to lose, like, forever and big. Mm-hmm. You know, now, your talent might speak to a certain level coming off 1-15, and and I don't know how many wins you can produce off that. But yesterday was a red flag when you have to really go back and say, okay, eight games into the season, you looked like that. Like, that's a red flag on the coaching. And that's what concerns me more than the rookie having a down day, the offense not playing great, the defense kind of is what it is, whether it's Geno Smith or Joe Montana, it doesn't really matter. They're not that good. Um, That's probably the bigger problem. And now this talent evaluation stuff that you actually just referenced in the last segment, you do have to start to wonder when Urban Meyer says, hey, we expect our first four or five draft picks to have immediate impact. Well, one is having an impact. One's hurt. We'll give you a pass. Walker Little's doing nothing, although some would argue that he's kind of pushed these other guys to play better. Not yesterday. Uh, Andre Sisco isn't even getting on the field over Andrew Wingard, who, by the way, would not start for probably the other 31 teams in the NFL. Might not even be brought in 
uh, maybe for a special teamer he would be. Uh, and so Andre Sisco, who you drafted, can't get on the field in that regard. Uh, you brought in Roy Robertson Harris. You bring in some of the uh, Jenkins has been Malcolm okay. Brown. You you trade for Mac Malcolm Brown. I, again, Marvin Jones has been pretty good. Damian Wilson. Shaq Griffin has been good. Uh, Damian Wilson has been okay. Now, he was more of like a free agent pickup, right? Uh, I think. Like, yeah, but I mean, they still brought him in. They yeah. signed him free agents. Uh, so, but when, now you've got to start wondering, okay, they have 12 draft picks next year. They still have a lot of money. Are they going to get this right? Are they going to put good stuff around Trevor? So, on Sunday afternoon in Seattle, it wasn't just that they lost and they lost big. What separates them from the rest of the league that sometimes loses and loses a big game at one point in the season, in a, in a 16, 17-week season, is the fact that now we're talking about the coaching and we're talking about talent evaluation and saying, oh, my gosh, are we, are we here again? <laughs> you know, are we here again? Like, they're not going to get this right around this kid? That is good because he fell in their lap, quite frankly, and everybody in America would have picked Trevor Lawrence with the number one overall pick. Mm. Let me ask you this on the talent evaluation part of it. Why is Tavon Austin on the team? Like, I'm not even, like, trying to be, like, rude about it, but, like, you you try to put weapons around Trevor Lawrence. This guy's had 39 catches since 2017. He's not a weapon. Like, I don't get if you're trying to help this guy out. Why is Tavon Austin? Like, you tell me there's nobody better? Well, I think there – I don't know if there's a lot better, per se, but I don't know if there are too many guys that have – what they've tried to do is add some speed, right, with Austin and with Jamal Agnew. Uh, and Agnew's been really good for them. But I think they're just trying to find guys that are fast. Tyron Johnson's another one. He's done absolutely nothing. So with Tavon Austin, to answer your question, Casey, it's a case of they want what Tavon Austin used to be. They saw the, the ceiling of Tavon Austin, whether it was, whatever, five or six years ago, and they said, we can bring that back here to Jacksonville. We can replicate that. The issue with that, though, is Father Time's undefeated. And I watched Tavon Austin go to Green Bay, and let's be honest. If you can't be a legit wide receiver in Green Bay with Aaron Rodgers, it's probably hard for you to make a team anywhere else. Alan Lazard tried to play here, made the practice squad, got cut. Goes to Green Bay, now how's he doing with Aaron Rodgers? Pretty good. Not bad, right? Valdez Scaling, who I still can't pronounce his first name for whatever reasons, I don't really know him that well. How's he doing with Aaron Rodgers? Quality. Is he going to go anywhere else? In the NFL? Prob shouldn't. Probably not. Yeah. Because that's what Aaron Rodgers does. That's what Green Bay does for you. Tavon Austin couldn't make it there. And that's, that's my point exactly. He had five catches for 20 yards. He had one first down with the Packers. So, like, I just don't understand. Like, the point you just made is exactly the same thing I'm thinking. Like, you're trying to get something that already happened and isn't going to happen again. But my question is, what's the point? Like, play, I don't know. I think you just have a team right now that is super desperate, that is trying to find any way possible to get a competitive advantage, whether that's, you know, bringing guys who are probably past their prime, you know, by three or four or five years and saying we can make it work. That's the ego of a coach. And that's an ego, I think, of an offensive-minded coach who is hell-bent on speed. It's just fascinating. Yeah, and, and, and there, to, I will say this. To your point, uh, there are not a lot of people out there Listen, they would bring them in. I mean, they were tops on the waiver wire. They have 406-round draft picks. I mean, they, they have money. They're, they're just – those guys aren't, aren't out there. I mean, they tried with Tyron Johnson. They tried with Tavon Austin. Uh, I mean, they tried to bring in Laquan Treadwell. He's done nothing for them and really helped them. I mean, Jamal Agnew has been a blessing for them. I mean, that's a lucky get. They didn't even anticipate him doing this, and yet he's kind of helped them out uh, along the way. So, yeah, I think uh, – I. I, I don't really know who else they could put out there. I mean, Tavon Austin doesn't do much for me either. I just don't – they don't have a lot out there. I would say the biggest question I would have is why is – they have almost 
put LaVisca Chanel in a funk, it feels like. Yeah. They have almost put him in a funk. And but, he should be utilized more than he is utilized with his skill set. Uh, and they said they're going to try to get him 10 balls a game. The next week, they got it to him none. But here's the thing, though, Brett. I <laughs> mean, one, one, one. Okay, but did they put him in a funk or did he put himself well, in a funk? Might. Because how dependable right now is LaVisca Chanel? Yeah, I, I think what... What I wonder, though, is if we go backtrack where the drop started to happen, it was that it was right around that time where Urban Meyer said, yeah, we got to get him the ball 10 times. It, it, now, they had come off a pretty nice performance. They were sprinkling the ball to Agnew well, and, 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 and others, and Marvin and him each had one catch, remember? I think that was a Cincinnati game. Well, and, and they and said, and we got to get it to him. To be fair, Chanel helped them win the game against Miami and London. Like, he was a big part of that. Yeah, but he, even, he he had, did he have two drops in that game, too? I think so, yeah. But, yes. but I, I'm just saying, I understand that he's a very diverse wide receiver. You can do a lot of things with him, a la Debo Samuel, how he's being used in San yeah. Francisco right now. But you know what? They can depend wholeheartedly on Debo Samuel That's right fair. now. How much can this team depend on LaVisca Chanel? Well, they can't depend on a lot, though, Austin. So my, my thing would be, like, just you got to keep going back to him. You know, Jamar Chase dropped the ball in the end zone yesterday for Cincinnati. The next five plays, they tried to go back to him. Yeah, but he's built up a rapport, though. Like, I mean, Jamar Chase is going to win Rookie of the Year for a reason. Yeah, I know, but that's what you what do What has LaVisca Chanel done this season? You don't have to be winning, uh, going to the you know, Pro Bowl to still help your players along in that respect. Like, you mm -hmm. got to show them confidence. you got to – I'm not taking uh, the blame. LaVisca Chanel's got to catch the ball. I mean, he's third and two in the NFL, man. You catch that ball. Yeah. I don't care where it was placed. Like, that was good enough to be caught and to move the sticks, and it's big in that moment. You help your young quarterback out. So plenty of blame on LaVisca Chenault. I just also think they've kind of been so sporadic the way they've used him mm -hmm. that I, I don't know if some, guy, some guys need to be feel involved and do their thing to kind of get confidence going, and he seems like he's really sputtered. I, I wonder if they've almost helped put him there uh, in some respects. Uh, who knows? It might be the easy way out uh, to say it. I want to share these defensive stats. Uh, Stat boy back, baby, giving us some good stats. And then he, because we just did this in the break, mm -hmm. here's how bad the Jags defense is right now. Uh, QB rating, 113.5, last in the league. Completion percentage, 74%. 74%. Three out of every four passes are being completed. Somehow that's not worse. That's 31st. Yards per attempt, 8.9. That's 31st. Pass deflections, 18. That's it. That means guys aren't getting their hands on footballs in the, in the secondary. 31st. QB hits, 32. That's 27th overall. INTs, 2. Tied for 29th overall. Believe it or not, there are a few other teams. Give them to us uh, who have less than 2. Well, so the Jets have 1. The Steelers and 49ers are tied with Jacksonville with two. That is wild. Maybe Wingard could play on the Jets. He has one. That's two. Yeah. But I don't know. The, the Texans have seven, so I don't even know what these stats mean anymore. But how many of those were Trevor in the first week? At least two, right? Three. Three. Um, yeah, yeah, right. three. I mean, I guess right. it's still four, but. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you have to put the Jaguars counter in But here. you actually said something really interesting. Miami, who tried to build this defense oh, yeah, for yeah, us, yeah. is a defensive guy. They put all these corners around, and they have. They have three. Three. Correct. Wow. Bottom of the league, obviously. Uh, so, and so does Cleveland. And Cleveland's, uh, you know, was pretty kind of in the defense as well. So. Yeah. So th that's pretty wild that those teams have done that. Uh, let's go get away from the Jags for a moment and smile a little bit, or maybe not, uh, around the NFL. A uh, huge loss for the Saints and Jameis Winston. Yeah. Basically because they've got nothing left there, right? I mean, what are they going to do? Are they going to keep Trevor Simeon? Yeah. Ian Book time. I mean, it could be Ian, Ian Book time. there? Yeah, yeah. I yeah. mean, what's the latest with Taysom Hill? Like, what? He's concussed. He's, he's concussed, but I think he's coming back for the next game. So will they but play him? 
in that role? I think no. I think sparingly. I mean, I mean, Drew Brees was breaking it down on Sunday Night Football, saying how he thought it was going to be the Trevor Simeon show, and he's pretty confident he's going to do all right in it. So, so I don't know what that means. So the, the Saints are right in the middle of things, right? Yeah. Bring back Drew Brees, really? Well, I, was, I heard they were tied at the top of the division. Is that what they're at? They beat the yeah. Be, uh, because they beat Tampa head to head. Oh no, the Saints right now are tied. Yeah. So that's a t- okay. I didn't yeah. even look at the standings today. Yeah. I don't like to look at the standings. I, I have to see Jacksonville in there. No, um, for sure. The uh, but. Do you go try to get somebody? Is I thought about this coming in. Do you trade potentially for? And don't laugh now. If you say Daniel Jones, yeah. <laughs> Wait, you rather have Trevor Simeon? That's a good question. You rather have Trevor here's Simeon? A, here's a better question. Tell me the difference between Daniel Jones and Taysom Hill, and go. Daniel Jones is a hundred times better than Taysom Hill. Hundred times it. better. Hundred. Hundred times. By the way, better. he catches balls let's, better too. Let's. Uh, he also runs then, better. Then, then Taysom Hill? Yeah, he does. Do, do Did you, you see go that the, catch two weeks ago? I saw the catch. Do you want to see the stats real quick? Because we can go to the stats in terms of receptions of where Taysom Hill's at right now. I would rather Taysom Hill not be the quarterback because he does so much more for you as the gadget How guy. about you stop it? I'd rather Taysom Hill not be the quarterback. Dude, I just said that. No, and no, I was advo- I was advocating <laughs> for you. All right. Never mind. Forget nope. it. Taysom Hill. Taysom, come on over here, man. Come, come over to my team. Taysom, so... Okay, and it doesn't have to be Daniel Jones. Is it someone else? Do they actually, they're in the mix, man. Cam Newton. You're, you're not going anywhere with Trevor Simeon. But I, here's the thing, Austin. The league knows that Cam Newton can't play well anymore. That's mm-hmm. why he's not on a team. Mm-hmm. That, that's not what I'm looking for. Like, can you go find somebody that might be out of the mix that might... Teddy Bridgewater? Garner Minshew. Bridgewater's a good one, right? They're, they're having a fire sale. Uh, does Nick Foles make sense for a guy, for a team like the Saints? Would you rather have Foles or, or Simeon? Uh, maybe it's Ooh. a toss-up. I don't know. But, but Simeon's been in the offense, though. Like, at least he's got that going for him because we're talking about a very complex offense in Sean Payton. Yeah. So, like, you're going to bring a guy in and expect him to go week two and, you know, and two weeks not. into the yeah. – that's, that's why I said Bridgewater because he was there. And Bridgewater was there. That's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. So Bridgewater has that experience. But, I Gardner mean, I, I would rather have Bridgewater than, than Simeon, right? We all agree with that. Yes. Yes. If I'm the Saints. So, yes. listen, I, you can name your favorite player. My point is the Saints are in a pretty good spot. They have a good defense. Mm-hmm. They have one of the most dynamic players in the game. And they're tied for first place in the NFC South. Mm-hmm. You can't go sit here with Trevor Simeon for the rest of the year and, and, and bank everything on him. Like, that doesn't make sense. If you can make a move. And tomorrow's the deadline. Yeah. Yeah, I mean... I just don't know how many guys are out there that warrant, you know. Cause, okay, say, well, let's say in Sunshine and Rambleland, you go after Daniel Jones. What is that going to cost you? Uh, because uh, if you think it's going to cost me a first-round pick, you must be out of your mind. Well, no, no you wouldn't do that. Second-round pick, you must be out of your mind. Man, second-round pick, you might. Out of your mind. Absolutely out of your mind. I don't know how Sean Payton views it. I don't know how the Giants view it. The Giants might like, they may, they may be thinking they're going to, Keep Daniel Jones. There's not much coming in the draft next year. Yeah. So uh, there's a, a cat from Liberty. <laughs> Liberty. Yeah, but Liberty. Liberty. But are they, <laughs> they going to be there to pick? Uh, are they going to be there to pick it? So, what about Deshaun? Well, that's another one. And by the way, you can rent Deshaun for the rest of the year. The problem is, by the you time you get to January, happen. you don't know if you'll have him. Yeah. And now that's going to cost you a ton, right? Mm-hmm. But I mean, do you trade Michael Thomas to them? <laughs> Yeah, You know, they yeah. want a big player, right? They want a big player and they want draft picks. Mm-hmm. I just wonder now, does the, uh, Glenn says Jordan Love. I, I, we haven't seen Jordan Love play, so that doesn't make sense to me. But 
I, yeah. I, again, you're talking about a young guy now coming in to learn a complicated offense, no, right? for sure, and for sure. I, that's what I would say about even a guy like Daniel Jones. You might have to go the veteran route because a guy like Foles has seen a lot of offenses, right? He's a smart. He knows the league. Um, and, and I'm not advocating for Foles. I'm just throwing names out there. Uh, you know, Teddy Bridgewater makes a lot of sense to... What about Ryan Fitzpatrick? You have Drew Locke, by the way. You could play out the string with, right, if, if for Denver. They're not going to uh, win anyway. Yeah. Is what Fitzpatrick we, healthy again He's coming soon? back. Yeah, I think he's coming back in two or three weeks. Um, well, of time. Yeah, yeah. Taylor Heineke. I mean, Washington's Washington. Go Tyler Heineke. Mm. By the way, uh, in case you're wondering, so Taysom Hill career uh, passing percentage, 73%. Daniel Jones career passing completion percentage, 62.5. <coughs> <coughs> Listen. <laughs> well, for sixty-two point five. I would hope so. For since Taysom Hill's since Taysom Hill's getting seventeen million a 40, year, 40, I would hope that he has 40, a higher percentage for forty touchdowns and twenty-six interceptions for Mr. Jones. Mr. Jones and me. Back completion percentage. By the way, I'm glad I have a comfortable lead in fantasy football tonight because Daniel Jones is going to have a big time lead, a big time game tonight. Is it that comfortable? I also have Travis Kelsey. It's pretty comfortable. Breakout, hey, breakout game for Travis Kelsey, Would you Kelsey feel pretty too. good with Daniel Jones and Kelsey going against you tonight? And what am I up, like 44 points? Yeah, he's up points? a lot. It's going it's to it's hey, be a miracle. How, how many points you up? 45. Kelsey could go off, man. I need a couple touchdowns, and I need Daniel Jones to not fall this time. Yeah, well, he breaks away. He's just going to run, yeah. So it, we were talking, what, 20 carries? Average that to five yards a carry? I mean, 100. <laughs> if Daniel Jones gets 100 yards rushing and then maybe he throws like two or three, you know, check down Charlies, you might have a chance. Okay. Cool. I'm with it. Maybe some more receptions. 62.5 completion percentage, though, huh? Man, 26 interceptions, too. Mm. Mm-mm. He has, yeah, right. Is that, how many passes does Taysom Hill throw him? 26? Oh, don't worry about it, bro. He's, hey, he's throwing enough. <laughs> I was wondering that too, actually. Hey, I mean, he, 80, he's had 138 attempts. <laughs> 138 attempts in his what career. What do you want me to tell you? Let's not measure stats, 138 okay? attempts. <laughs> What's the yards per carry for Daniel Jones versus Taysom Hill? Maybe we got to be there. That's a good one. That's a good one. You got to do it. <laughs> that coming back after the break here on ESPN 6 And, that, and um, maybe then the Titans will trade for Daniel Jones as a running back. <laughs> uh, Derrick Henry goes down. I mean, two huge injuries that could impact who wins division championships. Uh, or at least how far their teams could go. What about Derrick Henry in Tennessee? We take a quick look around the rest of the NFL and we come back. Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. They are a well-coached football team. That defense has discovered something with that pass rush. They have two physical weapons on the outside with A.J. Brown and Julio Jones. I wouldn't discount the Tennessee Titans altogether. They can still give teams some problems. It's just that how it looks on offense is going to have to tweak. It's going to have to change a little bit just because you're missing such a big piece. I don't know who that was from ESPN, but they were talking about the Titans. Yeah. Who was it? Maybe Chris Conti or Chris Canty. <laughs> yeah, Canty, Gold Jr. after us on ESPN. Yeah, I can, I can never get. I'm not used to his voice. We haven't done that enough because I'm not. I can't get it yet. Um, Still not picking up Julio Jones. I don't care what he says. The Listen, this is devastating to the Titans. Yes. Now, the good thing is for them, they have like a three-game lead in the AFC South. Cushy. Very cushy. And the good news is Derrick Henry might be able to come back. Yeah. I, I, I wouldn't bet against him. And so, I mean, there's some good things here. I mean, the Colts 
You know the most upset team today in, in the NFL is, has to be the Colts. Bengals? No, nah, because they're okay situation still. I mean, the Colts just the Colts could have put themselves right back in the mix, and oh, then okay. the news of Henry that cha- that alters the AFC South potentially. Yeah. But the Colts blew that game. Well, I don't know about blew the game, but they. I mean, Carson yeah, Wentz was pitiful in that game. Well, he threw it a three tr- triple coverage in overtime. It was a stupid play that he had in the end zone. Yeah. I mean, they, they were up fourteen nothing at home mm-hmm. against the Titans. So, in my estimate, they kind of blew that game in an opportunity. And then on the I mean, listen, you don't root for guys to get injured. The bottom line is, Derrick Henry was in MVP conversation. He changes the Titans if he's not in. Mm -hmm. And that could have changed the AFC South. I have a hard time saying it changes the AFC South when the Colts have not played that well and they're three games back, you know what I mean? No, for sure. And and now, see, here's the thing with the Titans. Derrick Henry and I think Rex Ryan had a great quote, and I would definitely agree with him when he said, like, no other player is important outside the quarterback position to their team. Like Derrick Henry is important to the Titans. I mean, he he makes that He's the team identity. go. But at the same time, like if you're a Titans fan right now, like yeah, you're you're devastated, you're heartbroken, but like you aren't out of it. No, like at least that that's what I would be thinking. Because now, guess what? AJ Brown's back. You know, we're wondering what happened to him. Well, he's back. Yeah. AJ Brown's back. Julio Jones, sorry, Casey, but we'll see what happens with him. Dropped him, not coming back. <laughs> okay, he's not coming back. But now you have Ryan Tannehill playing at a at the level that you're you're accustomed him to play the past couple of years. So from the offensive side of things, you know, it, I think it could feel worse right now in Tennessee. Now, we'll see what it looks like because you lose Derrick Henry, and then that's a big cog that makes that offense go. And on the defensive side of the ball, they're starting to find their ground a little bit and get guys healthy as well. So, you know, the, the Titans are slowly, slowly starting to play a better brand of football than what we saw early on in the year. Yeah, I agree with that. I think they, they're a little bit better. They find ways to win. That's one thing you can say about Vrabel and the Titans. It is not good looking sometimes, but they find ways to win in probable ways. That was one of those games yesterday. Seattle, week two, was one of those games. And they do find a way to get Ws. So there's that. I just think this is big. Like, if you have tight, if the Titans, which I don't really think the Titans are good enough defensively and really probably at the end of the day from the quarter, like Tannehill's not playing lights out. Uh, if, if I don't think they're a team that's good enough to win the AFC. Yeah. That's mm. my point, even with Derrick Henry. Mm-hmm. But, I, but I don't think you guys okay over there. I mean, well, what, what team is the team right now in the AFC? Um, that's a good question, too. There you go. Titans. Not the Titans. Stop okay, the but I mean, seriously, give me a team. The Bills. Okay. The, the, the okay. Bills are a team, but now the Titans beat them, right, is what you're going to tell me. But uh, You said that, Nemi? Uh, <laughs> it's true. So I don't think they're that team anyway. Okay. I could be wrong. You guys could be right mm-hmm. if you think they are. Mm-hmm. But what this does do is take them out of the conversation of that. Like, now you wouldn't say that. Like, now you're not, you're not going to sit here. You're going to now pick five teams ahead of the Titans without Derrick Henry. That's my point. Yeah. And, and so if he, if they can kind of hang in there, still win the division, get the playoffs, and he can miraculously come back if that's the case with this injury, well, then you can, you can have those conversations again. Mm-hmm. But without Derrick Henry, what he's done the last three years and what the difference he makes, uh, Rex Ryan's not wrong. Like, they yeah. are not a championship team without Derrick Henry. And by the way, adding Adrian Peterson ain't going to change that, in my opinion. No. Yeah, they got McNichols. They have McNichols on the pass game. 
Uh, me, me and the, the Wisconsin peeps were uh, going back and forth in terms of, like, could uh, the Packers give up A.J. Dillon? Because the whole reason why yeah. A.J. Dillon went to Green Bay was because of Matt LaFleur wanting to replicate what they had with Derrick Henry. Yeah. That's why, uh, let me ask, again, I can't get with this trade scenario. I want to get your guys' opinions about it. What would happen if Tennessee gave, uh, gave up Julio Jones, Ferkser, and a second-round pick for A.J. Dillon? Because it does two things. Now, number one, the, the, the value of A.J. Dillon, not that good because you drafted him in the second round. So I know what you're saying, Casey, like, yeah, that's not that good of a trade-off for Green Bay, possibly, especially Julio's hurt and Ferks are at tight end because Robert Tunyon's hurt. But if you bring in a starting tight end now for Robert Tunyon and you bring in Julio Jones, does that keep Aaron Rodgers? You think it would take all that to get A.J. Dillon? Oh, yeah. Really? really? It would take that much? I mean, that seems like a lot. So that's what I'm saying. I think Green Bay loves A.J. Dillon, and I think Green Bay wouldn't let A.J. Dillon go for less than, I mean, a second-round pick because they drafted him in the second round. Yeah. So, like, they're not going to let him go for a second-round pick and call it straight up. Yeah, and then you, first, or, you, you, you better make up something else sweet. I would do that if I was either team, to be honest. You, you would do that? I mean, it seems like a lot, but, you, I mean, yeah. The, the question you'd ask yourself is now you put Julio Jones, even if it's by name, on the other side of A.J. Brown and mm -hmm. Ferkser, who can do some things uh, at the tight end spot. You let John New Smith walk. So does it change the dynamic of who you are just to try to go get a bruising back? Mm -hmm. I mean, that... Well, they play a lot of that Michael Pruitt or whatever. He's, he, get, he makes a lot of catches for them at tight end, so I don't know if Ferkser is that big of a loss for them. Yeah, no, plus, not. they had Swam get touchdown. Yeah, they, yep. they do utilize so, Swam. Yeah. Uh, so uh, let's bring in Action Sports Jack Stewart Weber. He's out in Seattle and uh, checking in as he stayed out there uh, in the Pacific Northwest. And uh, Weber, uh, I don't really think we need to ask you too much about yesterday's game. What do you mean? You don't, you don't want to go over that even more? Not really. Um, Which we don't have to. Uh, I, I can simply say that uh, Seattle was beautiful yesterday. Uh, the skies were. The action on the field was not. Uh, but it's a return to normal Seattle today. We got a nice little drizzle, a little overcast. I got to say, though, on, on my adventures around the city today, I have seen Jaguars fans at every stop of the way. I saw some at the Pikes Peak Fish Market this morning, saw some at the Space Needle, and then I just saw some at the Starbucks Roastery. So they are everywhere around this city enjoying a long weekend. Wow, you you stopped by the, uh, what is that now, the Starbucks Roastery? The Roastery, yes. So uh, just, just think of like a really big coffee place, which has some fancier stuff, some extra stuff. Uh, I don't know, they use fancy beans or something. I don't know. Is that like I'm a brewery? Do they have like a coffee brewery? So they, they have like, uh, they've got like a, a deli and like a bakery area, like a big bakery area. They also have a, a little bar for some uh, coffee-infused cocktails. Stuart, do they uh, have those. rotisserie chickens at a roaster? Uh, no rotisserie chickens at the <laughs> Give roastery. Give me a break. What kind of roaster are you talking about? Uh, beans. Bean, bean roastery, I'm pretty sure. Uh, a coffee bean roastery would be the answer to that question. Um, as, as Brent knows, and, and some folks know, I'm not a big hot coffee guy, but I did uh, get a cold brew float with some nitro uh, coffee on there. Is that like ice cream? I have no idea what he oh, just yeah. said. Oh, yeah. Gross. Ice, ice cream and nitro cold brew coffee combined. Gross. Now, listen, the cold brew that you have and I order sometimes for you is not very good. Now, with it in, in ice cream fashion, that might be pretty good. I don't know. Uh, just I, I came away a little Stuart. unimpressed. Come on, man. Just put root beer in it like a normal person, please. 
No, I'm a, I'm a big Coke float guy. I like Coca-Cola with my ice cream float. I'm not a big root beer guy, but... Uh, it, Who the it's, heck ever has a Coke float? Coke float? Coke float, yeah. Gross again! Coke float sounds like something out of the 80s. <laughs> hey, Weber, I gotta, I gotta know. I saw your Twitter. How was the crack then? The, oh. the, crack the, uh, the new the new home of the Seattle Crack all was, uh, <laughs> it was really nice. As, as I just want to clarify for our listeners that I did not go to a crack den. Yeah, you I better clarify. The home of the uh, thank you, Casey, for that. Uh, no, it was the arena was really cool. Uh, I gotta say, uh, they just did a 1.2 billion with a B dollar renovation on the old Key Arena where the Supersonics used to play, and uh, it looked really cool in there. All right, so. No, I was going to ask you about the uh, Kraken game. Did you get, like, yeah. a pass, or did you have to pay? I got a media credential since they were playing the New York Rangers, our NHL affiliate for the Jacksonville Icemen. I had to go do some scouting on uh, the what team if, the Icemen yeah, players so, will eventually play on. What a finesse. Yeah, it's so cheap. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> also, how much would it have cost to get in, get in? Because I'm assuming that ticket's pretty hot right now. Yeah, over 100. I looked. Uh, over 100 for the cheap seats, and that wasn't happening. Uh, the how loud was it at the Seattle Jags game yesterday? Did it get loud at any time? Like, were you like, "Hey, that's impressive," or were you like unimpressed with the crowd noise? Um, I mean, there, there really wasn't any point that uh, I I thought, "Man, it is really loud in here." Quite honestly, just because of the fact that they didn't need to be. Yeah, um, that happens you know, when so the Jags go to there, Seattle. There's all, yeah, there's all these <laughs> high point you know moments where you need the crowd to really get jacked up and get excited and get into it. That just really didn't happen except for maybe when the Jags were driving to break the shutout at the end of the game because it was still 75% full and that 75% wanted to see a shutout. Yeah, yeah. It, it, here's the Jags going to Seattle has been awful. I think they lost 24 to 15. I think they lost 41 nothing in 2009. So last time they've been shut out, which is bad as these offenses have been. Like you, you had to play defense with some of those bad offenses, yeah. and they were never shut out. That's a minor miracle in itself. Shows you how hard it is to be shut out. Yeah. Uh, and I think they lost like 45 to 13 when I was there in 2013, something like that. Uh, and that was the same deal. You had no idea that this was the loudest place because they were like just, it was like a day in the park for the fans and for the Seahawks. Mm -hmm. Well, yesterday was the exact same thing. It was like, there's no drama. Mm -hmm. There's nothing to get excited about. And uh, so, unfortunately, the times the Jags have gone to Seattle, they're like, what do you mean this is the loudest place in the league? No, for sure. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, all right, tonight's the Sounders game. Yeah, tonight uh, head back Dang. to Lumen Field for what will be a little bit more enjoyable experience for me and any of the Jags fans that stuck around for a little extra uh, football as the Sounders take on the LA Galaxy. So that'll be that'll be a fun one. And I'm not getting a media credential for that one, by the way. I'm actually buying a ticket, so just put that on the record. How much is that ticket? Oh, like twenty, thirty bucks. We're good there. Yeah, you're fine. Nice. How much would you have paid for a ticket? Uh, I probably would have gone up to like sixty. Okay, hmm. that's cool. I don't know. I, we're, we're, you know, us in, in our profession, it's so weird buying tickets because we're just so used to having to cover the events and be at the events in a work capacity. Yeah, I agree with when that. People ask me, you know, people ask, oh, how much do Jags tickets cost? I'm like, I have no idea. I don't, I don't, never been to one. I don't, I don't know the answer to that. Yeah. So it, it is always an interesting thing trying to figure out tickets in different places. And uh, yeah, no, I'm looking forward to that game, though. It's going to be a lot of fun. And uh, they got the march to the match at 5 o'clock where everyone goes and grabs a beer somewhere and then they all head to the stadium. So looking forward to that tonight. Sort of a little curiosity because, you know, Seattle sometimes seems like a, a hip kind of out there place. What is Seattle like yeah. on, on Halloween? Great question. No. 
Um, I mean, I was in two sporting venues, so I don't know if I really got a full full sense of it. Uh, but both of those sporting venues had people in costume. Okay. Uh, both had people who were excited to be there and, and pumped. And, and both seemed like pretty young crowds, I noticed, because obviously we, we go to a lot of sporting events, and you can kind of tell the difference between one city and another when it comes to the kind of crowd they attract at their sporting events. And they were very young crowds and packed crowds, which is really good for, for the city. And I know right now in Seattle they're actually making a big push to make sure that they are included in the 2026 World Cup host cities uh, that'll be announced, I don't know when, at some point, but they've definitely made a big point at both of the games I went to yesterday, the, the football game and the hockey game, they made announcements saying, hey, the committee are here and they want to hear you excited, and they also have like a giant flag for their, their bid to be part of that 2026 uh, USA, Mexico, Canada joint World Cup as one of the host cities, so they're really, they're making a big push, that flag, by the way, at the top of the uh, Space Needles, what I meant to say. So they're, they're really making a push for that and, and showing that the sports fans here care. And from what I saw yesterday, they do. I mean, great great crowds in, in both venues. It's an underrated so it's pretty sports. fun then for Halloween. Cool. It's an underrated sports city. Uh, I, I answered your question at the beginning of it, man. Oh, no, no, it's all good. No, 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 it's fantastic. I got it. It's, it's kind of an underrated <laughs> sports city. <laughs> what a great image Stuart painted for me. Thank you. <laughs> right, so let's continue. Considering that uh, they lost the Supersonics. True. They have rebounded nicely yeah, in yeah. Seattle, you know, and, and kind of. Is there a chance to they get them back, you think? I don't, I don't know if they, I was just thinking this. I don't know if they want them back. I think they like the fact they have the sun. I think they yeah. got Seahawks. Like, I don't know if they... I disagree with that. Uh, both uh, multiple Lyft drivers I've been with have said they wanted the Supersonics back. Oh, okay. And well. I, I think, for, I, hey, you know, you, you pull two Lyft drivers, and that's going to tell you exactly what you need to know about the whole city. Um, but, uh, no, the, I think, you know, the big, the big stumbling block in them losing the team was the venue, and now they've added a billion-dollar renovation on the venue. So, yeah. you know, you... You have to think that they're poised to be able to get them back if, if, uh, if they want to make that happen. Now, obviously, another city has to lose a team or they have to expand, so there's that whole deal. But I, I do still think that uh, folks would want the Supersonics back. They, oh, by the way, so you got two Lyft drivers and one guy in Pike's Place Market. As I was walking by a shop, I saw him point to a Supersonics koozie to buy as a souvenir. So I think he wants the team back, too. That's, That's cool. nice. Cool. Hey, Pike's Place is cool. You went to the Needle. You've gone now three different sports. Uh, now, when you get out of there on like tomorrow, do you feel like, okay, I saw Seattle, or did you need to stay to see something else? No, I'm pretty sure once I'm done with it, I'm going to feel like I got the full, uh, full visit experience of uh, coming to Seattle. You know, I got the good weather, Seattle. Now, okay, the one thing I didn't get is the nature. I've heard multiple people yeah. who out here who want to go do like hikes and stuff, and I'm not going on a hike. What, am I, what are yeah. you talking about? Hiking is uh, stupid. But some, some folks come out here to like walk. So, you know what? That's cool. Yeah. All right. Well, I like that. I, I do like that about you, Weber. You didn't come out go out there to hike. Hey, there could be two teams yeah. in the crack den. That sounds good. I don't know what you have against the Seattle NHL team, Casey. No, that's what it's called, man. I have nothing against it, dude. It's that's called, called the crack den. That's awesome. It is a pretty good and name. And you went there. You've right. been yeah, to the crack den. I don't, I don't think it's officially called the crack den. Yeah, only only the diehards are calling it that. Yeah, you got to be a diehard. In me and Casey are diehards. Go uh, wings. Uh, I know they, they referred to it as the deep a few times, which I thought was pretty cool because, you know, the Kraken lives in the deep the and you got to defend the deep. Here, and not to mention, the ice is actually below street level. So the, the way that arena works is that 
you know, you're talking about the two or 300 level of seating being at street level and everything else is dug into the ground. So, like, really? the venue is actually that, that's pretty a, cool. few, a few stories below where the street level is, which was really cool. Uh, it was really an interesting setup to, to walk around in there and kind of see how it looks. That's unusual. That's Can you feel unusual. it? Can no, you feel sure. that you're definitely lower? Like, is it obvious? No, it's not that. It's not that big. Your of a ears pop. Like, my ears did not pop. No, they did on the Space Needle, but they didn't in the crack can. Uh, yeah, he right. called it the you crack can. We gotta go to break. Have a good rest of your trip to Seattle. Thanks for enlightening us. Uh, you can have a weekend right, in Seattle. Guys, see uh, enjoy. Have a good one. Thank you uh, for checking in, Stuart Weber. Good work, by the way. Whoa. Even though the Jags stunk. I'm sold. I'm going trick or treating there. <laughs> I, that's all I had to hear. World uh, Cup qualifying? You kidding me? Uh, yeah, Stuart will have a report from Seattle tonight on Jags Report Live. Fox 30, 7 o'clock. Coming out to sneakers as well. Um, we call it therapy session on a Monday like this. And more of it on Jags Report Live. More of it here. Football at 5. We do have to mention Florida, Georgia. What's going on, by the way, with Dan Mullen and the Gators? They, like, don't want to talk to anybody after that loss. Weird <laughs> stuff out of Gainesville today. Also, uh, more from the NFL uh, and uh, the Jags. Football at 5 coming up, ESPN 6 9. Where did you have a new nickname around this place? Sure do, Brent. Because you know how... do you like it? Nicknames are good. Sometimes. Y yeah. Well, so you know like how when it's your birthday coming up, which it's, it's my birthday month or whatever, like they kind of give you a little heads up that your birthday's coming around? Yeah. Like the, the what would you call HR? Is that HR? Whatever uh, you call it. Sure. So but they send out an email. Yeah, so they send Usually out Usually uh, mine off for anniversaries and uh, birthdays. Yeah. I'm not on their list. Oh, I'm in the smart, smart player. Which is kind of cool. And I appreciate all the work that they do and everything. But when they say November birthdays and it's Austin Lane, and this must be Thanksgiving themed, a.k.a. free range hot buns. <laughs> <laughs> do, you, do you guys like that? Is that good for you? And when uh, my <laughs> producer Not and my one. program director one. and my co-host is now calling me, hey, Austin, free-range hot buns, I have an issue with it because that's not my nickname. <laughs> That's, that's not my Twitter handle. <laughs> Nobody has ever called. What, what are free-range hot buns even? You, you can borderline complain to HR for the hot buns, honestly. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel a little attacked. Now, the person, the, that, the person that sent this email, I'm a big fan of this person, so I don't want to get that person in trouble. But free-range hot buns. Hey, um, this is excellent, by the way. You, you have a fight coming up. I do. Can you please so, be introduced okay. like Edward, that? Edward, Edward, Edward Dunn. Edward Dunn. That would be awesome. Edward Dunn. And when you beat this other guy and be like, I lost a free-range hot bun. Brent. Nobody. Brent. I'm going to no, tweet that dude so bad. Nobody in the history of fighting has ever come out and called free-range hot buns and caught a W. I promise you that right now, and it's not going to happen November 21st. Uh, I think at least Cody should call you free-range no hot buns one is from called, here on out. What, what is a free-range hot bun? I don't know. But like, it sounds. As opposed to a caged one? I'm like. Not, <laughs> like free, I think like free range chickens. I think you know? we gotta go, but uh, thank God, this is going to live forever. Yeah. Uh, yes. Happy birthday, early. Uh, we'll be back. Action Sports Jackson ESPN six ninety football at five. Brent Ortno and Austin Free Range Hot Buns Lane. <laughs>